Are you worried by news that rural crime is on the increase? Well, stay tuned where we put that news into perspective and also offer one or two tips on keeping your hole safe and secure. Hi everyone, I'm Johnny Thompson and welcome once again to the Village Halls podcast sponsored by Allied Westminster, the UK's largest specialist provider of Village Hall insurance and the home of Village Guard. Now there's been quite a bit in the news recently about crime in rural areas going up, with a lot of this being connected to the cost of living crisis of course. So are things really getting worse and what can you do to keep your village hall more safe and secure? To help with all of this, I'm glad to say I've been joined today by Dave Reynolds from risk management company RiskStop. Dave has many years of experience looking at all kinds of buildings and their security and fire hazards. Hi Dave, thanks Hello. for coming on the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm good Johnny, thanks. Uh, suffering with the heat again at the moment to be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's lasting longer than we all expect, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm actually surrounded by fields. Um, I'm in the uh, sort of middle of uh, Lincolnshire at the moment. Yeah. And I think as well, we should mention now, just in case it does happen, if there's a if there's a strange whimpering noise in the background, it's not because Dave's keeping anybody prisoner there or anything. There's a there's, there's a dog there, isn't there, suffering from the heat as well. It was not not particularly comfortable today either. No, I'm uh, as I said, I'm uh, I'm dog sitting <laughs> or wolf sitting, I should yeah. say. It's a yeah. big big white Alsatian. Fantastic, brilliant. Okay, before we. Uh, get on to rural crime and, and village hall security. Tell me a little bit about what you do, dear, for a living and, uh, and, and why you do it as well. So um, my, my, my job title is Head of Risk Engineering and Surveys. And yep. um, as, as you um, pointed out, I work for Ristop, mm-hmm. um, who are the largest, largest um, insurance-related uh, risk management company in the UK. Yeah. So, sort of, my role is uh, looking after a group of um, risk surveyors. Also, I, I suppose the term is still get my hands dirty. Yeah. I go out and do um, a fair few surveys up and down the country, and sometimes out of the country. And come on, I know it's not always easy for you to talk specifically about the places that you go out and survey because of confidentiality and all that, but at least give me some clues about the more interesting places you, you've visited in connection with your work and also the variety. Okay, well, um, I've looked at ev- everything from um, historic buildings, yeah. large uh, Premier League football stadia, abattoirs, animal rendering plants, all the nice places we all want to go and visit. <laughs> yeah, Timber merchants. I'm actually going to see a sawmill on uh, Thursday. Plastics, metal, fantastic. Um, racing circuits, horse racing circuits, anything uh, you can think of, and a few village yeah. halls as well, presumably. Oh, um, yeah, large homes, village halls. So yeah, I mean, okay. So rural crime, as I said at the outset, there's been a fair bit of news recently about rising rural crime, but it's maybe worth putting this into perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose um, sort of rising. I mean, sort of since when? I mean. Don't forget, we've just come out of COVID and people, I suppose the term is, weren't allowed to go out. So (laughs) I I would imagine that when we compare rural crime now to two, three years ago, it has increased. Yeah. But if you think about rural crime compared to urban crime, 
it probably accounts for a very small amount of overall crime. Yet we mustn't forget the effect that any type of crime has on the individuals that um, suffer for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And with village halls as well, of course, it's, it's, it's not just the people that run and own the building, but it's the entire community as well, which depends on that facility. So the impact, although rare, as you say, and I think it's important that we mention that it, it still remains quite rare. And some of these, some of these stories about increasing crime are a little bit naughty, I think, at times and, and are just set to try and make people a little bit scared unnecessarily. But yeah. You're right. It has to be recognised that these things can happen and can have a severe impact on uh, on local communities. So yeah, they're sort of often these sort of uh, proper hub of the community. I like when you said people weren't allowed to go out as well because it just made me think. Yeah, and that included robbers and burglars <laughs> and, <laughs> and so on as well. And and of course that's that's genuinely why uh, a lot of the crime figures fell at that time. So yeah, I think it's a case of comparing the figures like for like you know b- before covid really and uh whether things have really gone up I'm, I'm i'm not entirely sure but anyway the main thing i guess is to help village halls understand how they can make sure that the security is is up to scratch and, and how to approach all of that so from from your position dave what's what's the first step you know that anyone should take when it comes to security well, I think probably the first thing is to think like a burglar. Um, you know, <laughs> how do, how do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, look at look at the building, look at the doors, look at the windows. Yeah. Um, think about what's held inside the hall, and sort of think about whether the security that's in place is strong enough to keep. I mean, all but the most determined person out. You know, the the sort of issue you have with security is that you have to weigh up the security against the gain that's within inside the building. Yeah. So, for instance, you're never going to turn a village hall into Fort Knox. But if you don't have maybe uh, key locks on your windows, key locks on your doors, you can make it fairly easy for somebody to get in quite quickly and quite easily without making too much noise. Yeah. So what you're saying is no one's going to plan a major heist of a village hall. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> the same more time. Than not, yeah, I mean, more often than not, it will be like an opportunist. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I remember doing a, a course when I first started. It was a, um, a, a police course. Yeah. And they talked about, you know, deflection, deterrent and disappointment. And I suppose the sort of the two either side, deflection and disappointment, you know, try to get the village hall looking more secure than the one in the next village because if somebody drives past and they see two they're going to look for the easier target yeah the other one is obviously disappointment if there's nothing in there to take then people are less likely to break in to take it yeah so, so you know, sorry yeah yeah so i was going to say so that, that obviously means leaving making sure things are out of sight and so on if they if they are attractive yeah yeah sort of maybe having a a um, secure room within the uh, hall yeah. where you can um, you know, lock things away. So if, if people look through windows, all they see is not an empty village hall, but a village hall with basic furnishings and bits and pieces rather than if you've got, you know, electronic equipment, alcohol, if there's a, a bar, you know, those yeah. sort of things, things that yeah. would attract people in. And then just look at the, 
the, the strength of the doors, look at the strength of the windows and look for any any weak spots, any points of entry where somebody might be able to, to get in here. Yeah, and, and I, I suppose the biggie is if you've got security measures in place, make sure you use them every time. Yes, of course. And the other thing I suppose with that is it's interesting you said think think like a think like a burglar. Um anyone could be a thief as well, potentially, couldn't it? And and it's not just a case of when the place is shut up at night. Uh we all know village halls are, are open, you know, places for people to come and, and visit and participate in activities. You've you've got to be careful during the day, haven't you? Uh, perhaps even more so when things could be even more vulnerable and that's that's the time definitely make sure things are out of sight and out of mind yeah 100 percent. it's a bit like um a church isn't it churches don't necessarily lock their doors because they want to encourage people in mm-hmm. but again it's just being mindful about sort of not having the crown jewels on view at all times because obviously that then shows people that potentially you know there is something of attraction in and something that's worth maybe breaking in for and and you're right. The burglars don't walk, walk around in um, black and white um, stripy tops. Um, it could be absolutely everybody, anybody. Isn't it a shame that they don't anyway? Or, well, or, it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Dressed like Dick Turpin or something. <laughs> <laughs> Stand and deliver. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know you want to mention uh, uh, probably a risk that's far more severe in reality, and that is that is fire and the, the risk of arson in particular again and, and it's worth saying that these these things are rare but if they do happen as i say the impact can be quite severe and uh especially on on community buildings yeah um 100 you know um, arson still remains the uh, largest cause of fire in the uk right. uh, so sort of thinking about things like where you locate your bins and not having bins that are overflowing with rubbish and maybe if you've had um, had an event, just um, sort of check in the bins at the end of the um, end of the night to make sure that somebody hasn't inadvertently disposed of a lit cigarette um, into yeah. the bin. If you think if they're up against the building, there's right. a likelihood that that fire then spreads into the building. If they're away from the building, the bins burn out, and that's the end of it. But also, sort of consider that if you can move them away from the building, uh, think about chaining them to something. Because obviously it doesn't take too much effort to push a wheelie bin back to the side of the building and set light to it. Interesting. It was, you know, as soon as you went for the bin comment, I was thinking, what difference does it make where your bin is? But, you know, you've explained that quite clearly. And that that must be, otherwise you wouldn't have mentioned it, quite a common uh, source of, of ignition and fire, yeah? Oh, absolutely. And sort of other things like, you know, combustible waste up against the building. Um, I know maybe something's been delivered, some some new furniture. And it, it's on pallets or it's in cardboard and um, it just gets stuck up outside the building at night. And again, you know, there are nasty people out there who will come and set light to it just for the hell of it. Yeah. And I guess accidentally as well, it's good to have that housekeeping in place for, for those things, just in case there's a stray cigarette or something goes and and ignites those things. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because if you think now we've got the laws in that prohibit smoking in commercial buildings, I mean, that would apply to... Uh, village halls yeah. so people are smoking outside um so if there's nowhere to dispose of cigarettes then obviously they could be flicked as i said flicked into bins or flicked into um other combustible waste outside the building interesting you mentioned laws and regulations there are there are some regulations aren't there around fire and carrying out fire assessments and so on that, that people out there running village halls really need to be aware of as well yeah 
Oh, 100 percent that they, they should be sort of looking um, well they should be carrying out a fire risk assessment yeah. they should be thinking about things like can people get out of the building easily so going back to security i mean what you'll quite often see is that people will chain fire exit doors up that's absolutely fine as long as somebody comes in that first person into the building and unchains them before everybody else comes in yeah. What you don't want is a scenario where there's people in there, you've got a fire and people can't get out because the fire exit's still chained up or if they've got shutters, the shutters haven't been raised on the outside of the fire exit doors. And, and what are the elements to, to do in a, a fire risk assessment? Because I know some people hear that phrase risk assessment and, and it makes them think it's got to be something really technical and you've got to have official documentation and all that kind of stuff. But it, it, largely it's quite a simple and straightforward process, isn't it? Well, um, sort of fire risk assessment is all down to uh, life safety. So, yeah. you know, it, it's ensuring that whilst people are in the building, if something does happen, they can get out of that building safely. And you're right, Johnny, you know, the village hall isn't a particularly complex building. So somebody that has enough wit about them could probably do a reasonable sort of fire risk assessment without having to go out to a professional there's plenty of um, like um, examples of documentation and what needs to thought about um, online. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said, you know, somebody could take a um, a basic template as long as they, they they feel confident and competent to do it. They could do their own fire risk assessment. Any other thoughts, Dave? Anything else? Yeah. So j- just another couple of bits. Um, staying with the fire side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, electrical fires are very prevalent. I mean, that's probably the sort of second um, highest cause of fire. So, again, you know, making sure that um, the fixed wiring is inspected on a regular basis. Yeah. And also sort of looking for silly things. Um, So making sure you haven't got combustibles up against or below your electrical panels. Similarly, not up against boilers. So anything that could produce heat could ignite combustibles. So probably as a sort of um, sort of shutdown at the end of um, each day, it's just to have a quick walk around, look internally for things like that combustible storage um, in those higher risk areas. You know, check to make sure uh, things have been turned off that don't need to be on. Check to make sure that uh, in- internal security has been put in place. And then once you lock up at night, just have a quick wander around the outside of the building just to check to make sure nothing's been pushed up against the building or you've got no external waste against the building. Brilliant. Great advice. Good idea to turn everything off as well um, before you go because you don't want to be spending any unnecessary money on electricity. Oh, <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> not at the moment, definitely not. Um, insurance, I suppose, is important as well. It should the worst thing happen. Oh, absolutely. You know, People should um, be talking to you know, their broker, um, to make sure they've got the sort of relevant coverage. What about keys and things as well? Obviously, different people have access to um, as part of the building. I, I guess making sure that's managed well and, and so on. And also alarms, alarm systems. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if we think about keys first, I mean, the first thing I would say is um, don't have tags on them that tell you what those keys um, are for. So don't have something that says um, old leak village hall, because if you lose them, um, yeah. somebody potentially has the keys and knows exactly what they're for. 
Yeah, keys to safe. Oh, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And, and 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 interestingly, you mentioned intruder alarms. You know, um, intruder alarms won't stop people getting in, but what they'll do is they will pick up that somebody is within a building. Yeah. I mean, often these village halls are in the middle of nowhere, so you know, police response is going to be um, limited and potentially quite slow. Yeah. So, you know, it's worthwhile having um, a list of key holders as um, respondents. But obviously the big thing is if they do respond, respond in pairs. I mean, you know, don't forget if somebody is trying to break in and you come across them, they're probably not going to shake your hand and ask you how you are. No, and it's not worth worth risking your life. Oh, absolutely. Anything else? Anything, any other hints and tips before we go um again you know you wouldn't expect a village hall to have a um, sort of business continuity plan right but it's worthwhile having a list of you know local tradesmen so you know if somebody breaks a window or someone damages a door or you can't lock a door you know who to call to just do those basic repairs yeah Um, those important records as well that you might have at the hall and important contact points and you know that that kind of information i, I guess it's a case of making sure they're in duplicate or making sure that some some are held in a in a safe place elsewhere should something bad happen and uh, and you discover that you, you you've lost all of your information and all of your your records relating to the hall yeah absolutely and and don't forget that you shouldn't be reliant on just one person because I'm guessing that that one person may have a, uh, potentially have a holiday or be out for the evening and bits and pieces. So there should be a number of people that are able to um, sort of respond or yeah. know how to do that end of day sort of check to make sure, as, as we said, everything's been turned off and shut mm-hmm. down properly. Okay, brilliant. Well, great stuff, Dave. Listen, thanks so much for, for your insight. Really appreciate you coming on uh, despite the despite the heat <laughs> and, 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 the, and the dog sitting as well. Oh, absolutely. Who says men can't multitask? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, my <laughs> wife for one. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hope people listening in have found it both useful and, uh, and interesting as well. Excellent. Okay. Well, thanks again, Dave, and uh, great to catch up as well, of course. No problem. Uh, nice to speak to you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, that's all we have time for, for this episode. Um, before we go, let me just mention again our wonderful Villagers Awards. There's five awards altogether, including a Young Persons Award and an Inspirational Story Award. And you could win £1,000 for your local village, church or community hall. You can find out more about the wonderful Villagers Awards on our website. Many thanks to our headline sponsor and specialist insurance provider, Allied Westminster, for making our podcast possible and whose services you can discover more about at villageguard.com and to online booking system provider, Hallmaster, who also sponsor our podcast and can be found at hallmaster.co.uk. You've been listening to the Village Halls podcast, a unique listening community for Britain's village, church and community halls and anyone interested in the vital community services they provide. We'll be back again soon with another episode, so please visit thevillagehallspodcast.com to subscribe, sign up for updates, link through to our social media pages and find out more. Until the next time, goodbye for now.